This and every episode of Wrecked Podcast is brought to you by Beeksy Exchange, an upcoming cryptocurrency exchange built in collaboration with One Market Data. Beeksy is bringing legacy finance speed, power, and sophistication to crypto for the first time. With 225,000 transactions per second per pair, comparable to NASDAQ, 15 order types on day one, with 25 order types on full rollout, and a dedicated customer support team, Beeksy is setting itself apart from the competition. Check out Beeksy today at Beeksy.com and pre-register today at Beeksy.com slash registration to get your free Beeksy exchange tokens. That's Beeksy.com, B-E-A-X-Y dot com. I'm Zach Vole. I work with Masari, and this is Wrecked. Hello and welcome to Racked Podcast. I am Bunchu, alongside my esteemed colleague and co-host, Crypto Chamber. Chamber, how you doing, buddy? Not too bad, man. How you doing today? I, <laughs> I'm doing really well. Um, I've been having a fun day. I am moving next week, as you know. So I went to a little going away party for myself, which is the most pretty much self-absorbent thing you can do. But uh, I am here recording the podcast here with Zach Vole, and we are lucky to have him. I have been experiencing Masari, experiencing Masari, because that is what I've had to... It's the only way you can describe it. It's going to crush everything, and we are lucky to have him. Zach, how you doing? I'm doing great. I, I appreciate that. Um, Masari is a lot of fun to work for, and uh, I I enjoy the Wrecked podcast quite a bit. Um, you guys are great, so thanks for having me on. I look forward to chatting with you guys. First question, Zach. How was Blockchain Week? It was a lot of fun and also a nightmare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So tell us both. Okay. The, uh, the fun was uh, people, projects. Um, most of the fun usually happened like after the actual conference itself each day. So a lot of great meetups, um, more often than not at bars. Um, so I definitely, definitely need a detox for about a month after <laughs> that week. Um, but it's great. Like It's one of the best places uh, all year long in the world to meet and network uh, and have fun with people who are involved in and building and passionate about the same sorts of things you are um, just in like the high level huge uh, crypto community so to speak um, so so second question so I was hoping I was going to be able to be there Monday night for the Beeksy uh, the Beeksy party all that with you know you and the crypto street guys everybody and then like looked like it was gonna be an awesome time and then the guy i was supposed to work with asked me to carpool so which meant i have to drive back with him oh it was terrible so i couldn't come how was that um the beeksy party was a lot of fun uh block one and beeksy hosted um 
an incredibly fun night. Um, I got to meet a lot of the hero team. Uh, oh, I know yes. We're both a fan of. Um, and just put uh, faces to a lot of people from Twitter, a lot of anonymous people from Twitter um, that I've interacted with and uh, enjoy interacting with quite a bit. Um, so very fun, very fun all around. So what what is it like to meet anonymous people from Twitter? <laughs> so one funny experience uh, was meeting Crypto Dale on Twitter. Um, yes. I was at the party and just getting drinks with a couple people I knew who are not anonymous on Twitter. And this guy came up to me and was like, hey, I'm Dale. I was like, oh, hey, what's up, Dale? Like, no idea who he was at all. And <laughs> you didn't know it was Crypto Dale. Yeah, exactly. I feel like just introducing yourself as Dale will not like be enough. Um, and he just sort of like walked away. And then I was getting drinks with Prince and Killer Whale. And they're like, oh, this is Dale. And I was like, yo, Dale. He's like, I already introduced myself over there, asshole. Like, he didn't even recognize <laughs> um, which is Which is pretty funny because I'm in the pod with you guys, which is, you know, if you don't know what the pod is, it's a, uh, it's a Telegram channel where... You know, it it's just kind of a telegram frat house, essentially, is how you would describe it. And people talk about literally anything and everything plus crypto. And uh, you two have a very interesting dynamic in there, <laughs> I feel like, where Dale, uh, you know, you and Dale are kind of adversaries at some times. <laughs> is that true? Yeah, we we definitely enjoy uh, sort of going at it a little bit on Twitter. Um, in person, he's a he's a blast. I love Dale. Well, that's and the best part. So I can't even imagine what the gap was between. Oh, hey, I'm Dale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's it's always an odd experience meeting someone like that in person. But Dale and I definitely he he. Uh, so at first, I was never really sure if his if his like beef was just like full on aggro or if we were like pals and we we're just having fun. But I eventually <laughs> that's like so funny. amicable nemesis. Not, You're right. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's great meeting meeting people in person from Twitter, and uh, I definitely have a lot of fun with Dale. The whole the whole Crypto Street Pod, like most of the most of the anonymous uh, crypto podcasts, like y'all and like Crypto Street are a lot of fun uh online and as i've been learning uh more so this week than previous blockchain weeks um in person too so all around a great time all right so let's ask a little more boring of a question where did your crypto journey start so let's give an origin story how did you get into bitcoin how did you find this whole space where did you come from yeah yeah um origin stories are always uh, always interesting. I found out about Bitcoin, um, what I feel like luckily, um, in college, uh, my sophomore year when I was rooming with my friend Dan, um, computer science major, started his own uh, Bitcoin podcast, built a site, um, youmeandbtc.com, which he still uh, maintains now. Um, and he just I, he studied computer science i studied economics and political theory and he told me one night like you'd really like this bitcoin stuff it's pretty interesting um seems right up your alley we're both sort of uh like 
I, I don't know, li libertarian comes with a lot of like negative connotations sometimes, but that's like our general like ethos. Just like let people do what they want to do, be what they want to be, that sort of thing. Um, and the politics and everything around that that comes with it. And he said, you probably like this Bitcoin thing. A lot of people in the space agree with that idea also. And he was right, it's super interesting. Um, started reading a little bit about it, bought some, um, didn't take it super seriously. Uh, also didn't have a lot of money to buy a lot of Bitcoin. Um, but every year that passed, it just like didn't go away and I kept becoming more and more interested in it. Wrote a couple papers in school on it. Um, then I graduated and uh, become like fully absorbed in um, some Telegram groups, but also just like crypto, Bitcoin, Twitter in general. Um, and then last, uh, this past fall, um, decided to try and work in the crypto Bitcoin space full time. Uh, I was originally in DC after graduation and then moved up here to New York um, to take a job with Masari. Um, and that's sort of where I am today. So it's been, uh, it's been a crazy, like, uh, I guess four or five years or something like that. Um, it's also flown by uh, at the same time. Um, but yeah, I was just lucky enough to live with someone during school who knew about it and told me about it. Um, and I've thought a couple, like a couple times, like if I didn't room with that kid, like if I would have ever found out about Bitcoin and if so, like how, um, and I don't really have a good answer to that. Um, like sometimes I feel like for most people in this space, sometimes you just like, it's just like happenstance. You meet someone or you read something, um, like very off the cuff or, uh, randomly and you sort of find out about this and then it sucks you in and you can't escape like us. So, so I think what's so interesting about that is you said, Hey, I'm not sure how I would have gotten into Bitcoin if it wasn't for that. Right. Yeah. And chamber, think about that for yourself. Uh, do you think you would have gotten into Bitcoin without that, a story that you would have had yourself? No, no, I got, yeah, I got suckered in, uh, to, to a Ponzi scheme, but at least <laughs> I got introduced to Bitcoin. It's interesting. Uh, but no, I, I was always, I was always upset, um, that I never got into the Silk Road because I feel like that was right up my alley. Uh, and I missed my calling. Um, that's the one I look back on. I'm like, that's man, so I could have got into Bitcoin super early. Um, you should have created the Silk Road first. Wow. Of all. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if we're going to think big picture, that'd be maybe Hold not on. the best outcome uh, but. we're not joking about the silk road that don't <laughs> calm down calm down uh but for me it would have been i i probably would have found bitcoin without that because i found bitcoin via gambling like a mm. lot of people did and your only deposit and cash out method was bitcoin so i think it's i think it's interesting but i got into bit i found bitcoin that way but i got into bitcoin a different way because zach like when you said you know you had a buddy to tell you about it and i had a gambling account that just kept growing when i cashed out because it was sitting in bitcoin i was like oh what is this? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I found it. And then I found Coinbase, and then I found all of that. And it's really interesting. Um, so, all right, since then, I do have to ask you another question. Okay. So you would classify yourself, correct me if I'm wrong, a Bitcoin maximalist. Uh, people have accused me of that before. Hold um, on, I don't don't say it's like accusatory. <laughs> like that just, shouldn't be a bad thing. <laughs> I'm just joking. I uh, 
that's definitely that's definitely the the, the uh, Bitcoin maximalist crowd is sort of the first group of people that I started following and reading and interacting with on Twitter. Um, and I generally agree with like mm, 80, 90 percent of the things that they like say and think and how they understand the crypto space. Um, so let's let's define that for you. What does that yeah. mean for you? So I think uh, Bitcoin is well, it, it, a lot of things. I think Bitcoin is uh, what you might call the king of this entire space and will probably stay that way for a long time. Uh, meaning that like if something happened like devastating happens to the Bitcoin code base um, or I, I don't know, something like drastic, some huge black swan event then the rest of the ecosystem is going to like suffer seriously, probably even worse than Bitcoin does. Um, everything's still dependent on Bitcoin. It trends up and down with Bitcoin and everyone gets into everything else because they're like, they first find out about Bitcoin, increasingly so like Ethereum, but usually usually people just know Bitcoin and then discover everything else. Um, I think fewer and fewer projects. So this is the part where like Bitcoin maximalists might disagree with me. I think fewer and fewer projects compete with Bitcoin. So like Bitcoin's trying to be like a new money, like a new gold where we can just store value, like wealth we've accumulated and know that it's going to be ours and like it's going to have some sort of rete value retention in the future. Everything else, are everyone's trying to build like cool contracts platforms or gaming applications or like decentralized computing platforms all of which use some sort of like token or native asset that has value, but they're not trying to be, or at least in my opinion, shouldn't be trying to be like a digital gold. Um, so in that sense, and something I think I a lot of maximalists might disagree with me on is like Ethereum and Bitcoin don't compete like really at all, in my opinion. Um, there's a great talk that gave me this belief uh, by Andreas Antonopoulos like years ago. And he describes them as um, like, a, he analogizes them to like a lion and a whale or, or killer whale or something. I don't know. Two big animals that are like r relatively powerful kings of their like domains, but they never like attack each other or compete with each other. They're just like very separate and very distinct areas. And that's how I think of Bitcoin and ethereum so you have like litecoin and like bitcoin cash maybe that try and dabble in like the bitcoin hemisphere then you have like waves and qdom and cosmos and everything else that has nothing to do with anything bitcoin's trying to be all in like the ethereum hemisphere um and i think both areas are interesting like i first found out about bitcoin and i'm most interested in bitcoin there's a ton of cool shit going on or stuff sorry in uh no 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 fuck ass bitch whatever you want there's a ton of cool stuff going on in like that space and people who hate on it just because they like bitcoin doesn't make much sense to me and people who hate on bitcoin just because they're like full-on ethereum don't make much sense to me either um that that's my like worldview i guess on the crypto space so and that's so probably where i deviate from some maximalists no it's fantastic because it's actually kind of refreshing because you you know a bitcoin maximalist you have a, some people have a view of i think i find myself right in the middle of yourself and mm. chamber so chamber is what am a, I? Uh, <laughs> define me uh I, I'm going to ask you to define yourself. Yeah, you, <laughs> you're uh, you're not a maximalist. You have 30, 40 bags. Yeah, right. But I, 
I'm a Mac. I think at the end of the day, though, the only one I really think that has any value is Bitcoin. Okay. The reason I have so many bags is I'm trying to get them to multiply so I can get more Bitcoin. At the end <laughs> of the day, the game plan is get more Bitcoin. Okay. So now what I loved about what Zach said and I loved about what you said is the reason you think you want to have more Bitcoin. And I think that now I'm going to step chamber just yell at me if i'm stepping out of bounds because here's <laughs> just yell at me All right. here because i agree with zach in the sense that bitcoin is the sound money option and this is why i loved the jw weatherman episode i fucking mm-hmm. loved doing that episode and it yeah. was just me and him and it was about sound money right mm. and that's what that was about to me and then you think about all these other cryptos and somewhere in the middle and i feel like they they have their places too but it has to be somewhere in between and i think that's what you're kind of saying zach is that correct yeah no i agree uh I think I, I recorded a podcast back in the day with JW too. And I think, um, I don't know. He has some, everyone in this, everyone you find in this, space. I don't, don't want to say I shouldn't have singled him out, but everyone in the space has like huge. Well, I did. No, that that wasn't your wrong fault. way, <laughs> but that's why the space is fun, I guess. Um, but, uh, there like, I should also qualify my statement on like Ethereum and Bitcoin, not competing, um, with, with, with the idea that, there are definitely some people who build on Ethereum that want it to compete with Bitcoin. Like Ethereum is going to be a, a good money. And there are people who build on Bitcoin who sort of want like all of these applications that people are building on Ethereum to be built on Bitcoin in the future. And personally, I think more and more things that we see being built on Ethereum and Tron and Waves and all these other like smart contract platforms will be in the future built on bitcoin in some way shape or form like i I feel like it's just inevitable as bitcoin continues to develop and all these platforms develop but i think the people who who want ethereum and bitcoin to compete are like severely misguided like they both try and be and to some extent successfully are very very different things and you should not want them to compete and i don't think they do at least right now Uh, they so they may compete for like our money like should we buy bitcoin or should we buy ethereum but like that's that's not yeah, real competition that, they're trying to be I very think different the things, interesting I don't think thing that you say is compete. compete as money as money is the interesting thing chamber do you ever think about that so i mean i think you just got to make a distinction between cryptocurrency and crypto assets i think is yeah is, and i is, think that's a i think that's a great point so talk about that. Yeah, I agree. Me or Zach? You, yeah, oh. you. <laughs> you Sorry. make the distinction. So, I mean, obviously, uh, what we've mentioned before, Bitcoin just being a store of value um, has, a, like you said, as a distinction as a currency uh, where all these other platforms are more assets, uh, utility tokens to work within a certain uh, blockchain but at the end of the day, there's very few digital currencies. Um, I think you mentioned a couple like Litecoin, Bcash, Dash, uh, maybe Monero, you throw that one in there. But after that, there's really very few 
Um, I mean, even Ripple, not necessarily a cash, more of a XRP being more of a, I don't know, bridge between financial institutions. But that that's basically it. You agree with that, Zach? Yeah, no, I agree. Am I off I there? A lot, of, uh, a lot of everything else besides Bitcoin are sort of like, like stopgap financial tools. Like you need ethers to power the dApps because you can't build the dApps on Bitcoin right now. And people want to like uh, buy and sell ERC-20s or whatever the non-fungible token um, Ethereum it, uh, standards are. 720 but or 721 or Yeah, yeah, like yeah, 721 or something. Um, that's how little I know about Ethereum. But <laughs> if those if those sorts of tools and like and so Ripple's also just like a financial tool that they want banks to transfer funds right. easier, that sort of thing. It's th- they're all sort of trying to be like to some extent it's it's like like comparing Bitcoin and everything else is like comparing like bars of gold. And like people talk about Bitcoin as like digital gold. It's like comparing bars of gold to like any of a variety of like computational compute devices like laptops iphones huge databases and whatnot like there is some value being circulated through those things but you like it's very weird to think of a bar of gold competing with like a hp laptop or something it's it just doesn't make much sense and i think those are like super you can whoever your listeners can like destroy that analogy i'm just that's just uh off the cuff but it's like (laughs) to some extent that's sort of the dichotomy in the in this ecosystem and that's generally how i think about it that's interesting all right so i'm gonna stop that conversation there because we can go on forever but let's talk about masari so tell us what masari is and how you started working with them yeah so Masari is a data company essentially um, that wants to bring better research, um, analytics tools, and uh, like better methodology in how we create and surface data to the crypto space. Um, that's sort of the founding mission that Ryan Selkis and Dan McArdle built Masari with, um, and we're continuing to build new products uh, to sort of actualize that vision. Um, There are a lot of data providers in the space right now, um, but there are unfortunately very few like high quality, well-maintained and curated data sources in the space. Um, So I'm sure we can all think of like very popular data sources, uh, especially over the past uh, a couple of years, the latest bull run um, that everyone uses, um, and there are a handful of other newer ones um, that try we and iterate on want. sort of the curation <laughs> and that sort of stuff. Um, but some of the methodology behind how they choose which numbers to show and how, where they source that data from, like chains and exchanges and all of this stuff, um, could use some improvement. So that's that's what we try to improve. So. I think you were kind of getting at this, and um, I'm just going to call it out. So you guys versus something like CoinMarketCap. Uh, I think it's far and away different. different. Um, there's so many more features. There's so much more data. Can you talk about you know, how that data enhances the space? Yeah, absolutely. So one of – we're – we're always in the process of trying to manage exactly what you described, but also make it like usable <laughs> for people like having as much data 
on Masari as possible. But we, we get feedback uh, somewhat regularly from maybe newer users in the crypto space that they're just overwhelmed by how much data we have, which is kind of a good mm. problem to have, but a problem we want to fix also. Um, so tons of metrics um, available on the on-chain effects dashboard on Masari to parse how you view different assets and which assets you view and that sort of thing. Um, we just want to surface uh, all sorts of these metrics so people have a better understanding of what they're looking at, what measures you can apply to certain assets, um, and also supply our exhaustive methodology for how we curate some of these data points that are surfaced on the on-chain effects dashboard. Um, so it's uh, like it on for the dashboard itself, our mission is mostly just to ramp up as much data as possible, surface that, but also make it digestible, which uh, we're succeeding on the first part very well and are going to continue letting that sort of run. Um, but now we're focusing a little bit more on making it more digestible for people who don't want to be barraged with a hundred different metrics as soon as they open the dashboard to try and find out like what's happening to Bitcoin or Dogecoin or something today. Cause it can be a little bit overwhelming. Um, we're just hitting, trying to hit optimize for hitting a couple different markets like power users who love that look and people who just want to know the spot price right now who don't really want 50 different metrics. So that's, that's sure. one of the challenges we're looking into. Sure. And I think you do both things very well. And what I love about Masari is that you can get deeper, right? So, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you go to something like CMC and, you know, you're basically looking at a spot price and you're looking at up or down and you're looking at rank and all that, then you go very much deeper into something like Hero, for example, which we are both a fan of. Yeah. Hero's got a page on Masari, and it tells you the category, it tells you the price, and it tells you so much about what the history of it is, supply, everything, historical, everything. And I think the coolest thing about this is, I mean, there's some metrics on here that don't exist without you guys like for example um and i know this from chatting with you guys in you know the hero chat like the the year 2050 stuff can you talk about that at all yeah year 2050 supply is a metric um that masari pioneered um it, it basically just extends the issuance schedule for a given token or a native blockchain asset out to the year 2050 um, so you can sort of measure w what might be a better valuation for the asset today given its future inflation and that sort of thing um, and yeah ba back to what you said about the profile completeness um, that's probably one of the most fun parts of like building out so we're building a couple different databases right now one of them is like the project profile database um, and there are like hundreds and hundreds of blockchains and thousands of different tokens built on all these blockchains out there um, mm -hmm. and curating all of that data and optimizing for accuracy and readability and all of that sort of thing so that when people come to Masari and want to know about Hero or some other token, um, there is a profile there and they can learn about it easily. It's like broken down into plain English. Um, yeah, it's but extensive. what's really fun is when, like we worked on the, 
hero profile with the hero team and like dozens of other profiles in there we work on with the teams that reach out and say hey we notice we have a profile in Masari uh, we want to update or add this information that like we the Masari team don't have um, just for an added level of completeness it's it's a blast and we have teams reaching out all the time to contribute information about their supply curves or their uh, treasury addresses or the history of the project or their team information that sort of thing um, it's it's honestly pretty thrilling to have so many projects reach out and help us build this database um huge community effort um we have a group of uh maybe three four hundred um community analysts that contribute profiles on their own just to help build out masari's database um and yeah it's just a a big a big effort to build all of this and curate all this information so when people come to masari Everything they could want to know about a project is there, and I think we're we're taking large strides toward that goal. So it's pretty exciting, and that's awesome because you are working in collaboration with all these projects. So, um, how would a project that maybe isn't on there now get in touch with you guys? Yeah, for sure. So we're working on a public submission process right now. A little bit of back end work to sort of optimize for streamlining that process and minimizing spam and that sort of thing. Um, but two steps to take now, if you're not on Masari or you are and there's some uh, missing information or uh, maybe information that needs to be updated, um, we have a pretty active public Telegram group. Just search Masari uh, or Masari Crypto in Telegram and hop in. Um, or you can reach out to uh, research at masari.io. Um, and there's all of, there's uh, three of us at Masari who are on the research team, um, and one or more of us will see the email and be in touch with you. Um, and we'd love to work with you to build out your profile. So yeah, Telegram or email um, until we get the the, the public facing submission process. Are you uh, are you working with the Beeksy team yet? Um, so we have a Beeksy profile. We haven't uh, reached out Ooh, to them yet, question, but I'm friends man. with a couple of them. Telegram and Twitter. So we'll. Uh, yeah, we'd love to fill out their profile too. They're pretty. Awesome. They're a very exciting exchange. Um, like bootstrapping an exchange right now is not an easy task at all. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited to see their platform uh, succeed. It, it should be a lot of fun. I think we're only uh, days away. Days like. away. Yeah, Dude, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna kill it. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, and they they're doing the right things at the right time. It's gonna be interesting. Um, yeah, but. What, what I was going to say is I'm in your Masari Telegram group. I was going to say, I thought you were, but I, I didn't want to yeah, assume you were. In the no, yeah, no, I am. <laughs> it's awesome. It's it's great. So any anybody out there who's not, check it out. Seriously. Um, Chamber, any other questions? I know I kind of dominated that question. No, no. That's, um, <laughs> I think one of my favorite parts of the, the site and what we're going to be utilizing going forward uh, is the news feed. Uh, mm. I always uh, I always search uh, CCN.com, but now Masari is, is providing my news feed for me. So we'll be using, I think starting now, going forward, we'll be using the uh, Masari website for all of our news. Dude, it's so funny you said that because when we were going to have Zach on, uh, <laughs> I thought the exact same thing. Because we use CCN for uh, basically no other reason. Then. Because it's the one that I know right, off the exactly. top of my head. <laughs> and when you go to masari.io on your computer, you uh, first of all, uh, you also have an awesome mobile app. Can you talk about that at all? 
Yeah. So the newsfeed is a super fun product to build. It's uh, half algorithmic, half human curation. Um, and uh, Masari, so a lot of the metric, the whole platform in general, we want to provide as much original quality data and metrics as possible. And a layer on top of that is sort of information curation with new data and new metrics and also a lot of the original research that we do and curating the news product. Um, so everything you could want at f in like a uh, front page for crypto would be on the Masari homepage. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit so the human curation part plays into it because everything an algorithm might pick up that's popular uh isn't necessarily high quality crypto news that you want to read <laughs> right <laughs> um, so we filter for certain things like that but there are there is a lot of high quality news content out there um some of which is published by established sites um like maybe coin telegraph or the next web's hard fork or the block or any of these um, but also a lot of it happens on medium and twitter and reddit that these sites don't always pick up um and we the masari like news curation engine algorithm and human um tries to aggregate all of that as much as possible and spit it out on our feed um so it's yeah. a very fun pro i i manage sort of the human curation and the algorithm that tries to surface a lot of this content from news and social platforms and it's a lot of fun um and yeah, if you guys if you guys want to use it, I, I that that means a lot to me because it means uh, it, people read it and find value in it, and it's. Uh, I will make a pledge to you right now. I was just going to say, forward, Chamber, Chamber, are we doing this? This is Masari is our news site. Our only source for news, Masari.io. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I think I think so because it, it's fucking awesome. It really is. And uh, now. Having made that pledge, Chamber, I'm yes. going to uh, I'm going to make a joke here. There's uh, also a There's also a podcast tab that <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, maybe the, we can be involved in. Oh, is there a podcast tab <laughs> on this? I'm sorry, there is right next to the news Ooh. tab. <laughs> so all right, well, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to look at that and uh, see who's on, see who's made the cut. Hey, it's, well, right no, 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 it's no, it's usually it, I think it's all. Uh, yeah, I think right it's now, all yeah, Masari right now it's team. Only the Masari Unqualified Opinions podcast. Um, but we are, uh, I can't make any promises, but we're interested in. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, you, I'm, you shouldn't. Uh, yeah, you definitely <laughs> should not make any promises. <laughs> well, I'm not making any promises, but um, there could be a scenario in which in the future, and the newsletter tab is also exclusively Masari content, but there could be a scenario in the future where all free crypto newsletters and crypto podcasts are curated on Masari under those tabs. Um, I don't know when or if that'll happen, but uh, I, so there's a new uh, page on Masari um, that curates all crypto podcasts. And there are like a hundred, almost 200 of them. Um, wow. There's an insane amount of audio uh, crypto content out there. And if we find a way to sort of curate all of that so people can easily search and listen to the crypto podcasts that they follow um, and interact with the other content on our site via those podcasts, that would be fun in my opinion. But that's pretty yeah, right cool. now the podcast uh, newsletter. Chamber, theater. can you believe we're one of only 200? <laughs> I only see us. So I <laughs> Look, feel like I we're search, I, if you search, I felt Rec like podcast, there was like 2000. If you search Rec Podcast and Masari, you guys are, uh, you guys are in there. So, Ooh. no, come on. Let us uh, know. I'm looking right now. I'm excited about this. 
Uh, you doing it right oh, now, Chamber? Oh, look at that. Or, under organizations. Ooh, oh, fancy. Yeah, look, people. Oh, my goodness. We're on I'm there. I'm excited. Is, Making my is, weekend. This is great We radio. got our names in there and everything. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is nice, guys. Zach, Feel, you flatter me. <laughs> I, I gotta. <laughs> got, I mean, so I won't flatter you too much. We have all 200 podcasts in there, but I figured that's I'd okay. Tell you I'm, guys I'm, uh, too. That's not how <laughs> okay. I see it. I just saw mine, and I didn't see anybody else's, so that's good. Hey, if there's only if we're one of 200, you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> well, you're telling <laughs> me this, I got a chance. A Man, chance. I, I gotta tell you though, seriously, just uh, Masari is comprehensive. It's it's very comprehensive, Chamber. I mean, like we were talking before, and all right, Zach, you sounded like you didn't want to name any names, but the the one big one that everybody uses all out there from the last bull market, I mean, there's a huge difference, correct, Chamber? Yeah, I mean, we're, t- we're almost talking apples and oranges at this point. It's it's something. It's like 2.0. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. It's it's, it's next generation. It's crazy. No, it's very yeah, yeah. And there's, uh, in my opinion, at least, um, there's there's no reason to like ignore that uh, some sites in past bull markets have met like a huge need that people have for checking Mm -hmm. prices and uh, exchange trading markets and that sort of thing. Um, The the sort of uh, mission that Masari has um, is yeah to sort of level it up a little bit it's and next uh, level. It's try next and level. create a little bit of a better product because we feel there is room to grow as the industry continues to mature and if we want people to take us seriously as a space we should build tools to let them take us seriously and be a little bit more careful with the data that we provide 100 percent, and i think you guys do a fantastic job as soon as i found out about this from and i actually found out about it through hero and because mm. you and I are in the hero chat, and yeah. um, that's how I found out about you working for them and all that. And it's unbelievable, it really is. So, well done to yourself and everybody involved. I think it's, uh, I, I think it will be the next. I appreciate big it, thing. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, barely a year old as a company, we have about 10 people on the team right now, um, and just. I mean, I feel like we're firing on all cylinders, but also working like uh, 23 hours a day to, to get everything done. So there's no shortage of things to do, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I w- if you'll let me, I'll shill one of our newest products. Very, very new. Uh, just a prototype now, but something I'm pretty excited to see it continue to develop. So if you go to the Masari homepage, you'll see a boards tab. And the boards tool is a product we're working on iterating to allow you to curate and eventually collaborate with other people on saving data and blog posts and podcasts and tweets and everything in sort of like a Pinterest for crypto type platform. I was just going to say Pinterest. With like a a GitHub element maybe where you can edit and comment and contribute um, uh, on like the crypto space. Um, And we've had some people use this uh, for like content curation that they do sort of professionally and for presentations they give about crypto and just keeping track of news events like the Binance hack and that sort of thing. Um, and they love it. It's still it's still very new with very limited functionality right now, but uh, we feel we've had enough 
like sort of proof of concept from some early users that we're going to keep iterating on it and keep uh, building it out. Um, but I love it and it's super fun uh, just as an idea for because one of the biggest problems in crypto now is there is so much information out there. People new to the space yeah. are always asking me and I'm sure you guys like what do I read like how do I learn about crypto um, and one of Masari's missions is to help build those curation tools on our site or to build tools to help everyone else curate their own information. And that's sort of why we, we built this boards tool. So very new, but uh, definitely worth a look um, if you want to see it in its early stages right now and uh, keep track of it as we continue to iterate on it. So is the idea for the boards, I'm on it right now, is the idea for the boards to have like specific users be able to pin stuff or how does that work? So the idea for boards is it's sort of multifaceted. Um, so we could have an influencer or something um, like Pomp maybe build a board for some of the companies that he's talking to or investing in, um, or maybe pin a list of all of his spreadsheets, or sorry, all of his newsletters, um, or any number of things, and people can follow and to some limited extent contribute to that. Or yeah. a group of people um, like the Hero Chat maybe all have a community board where we save tweets and screenshots and posts about massive ratio games um, or trading strategies sure. or something. Um, there's a couple different levels to how it, it could look. Uh, right now, there, there's no collaboration feature on the boards, just sort of a single user. You pin things to a board and um, go from there. But uh, yeah, once we, as we keep building out the main Masari platform and iterate on the board's design, um, there's, there's almost, almost, almost no limit to like the functionality that we could input on that. So pretty, pretty excited. Yeah, this was something I didn't know about before we got on the chat here and it's fantastic. It looks awesome. Chamber, are you looking at this? I am looking at this. Yeah, it looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I, hold on. I'm no pump, so I probably, <laughs> I probably would not get a board. However, I would follow a pump or a hero. I'd follow your board bunch. You would follow. <laughs> yeah. We could. Uh, um, we can. I mean, what? So the limitation of the platform the board's product right now is if you guys for example want to start a board for wrecked commentary or podcast or that sort of thing both of you could not maintain it right now just because that's it, so new but like the collaborative feature is coming soon where like you two could maintain a board for all your listeners on upcoming guests or previous guests or episodes or oh, social commentary fantastic. around wrecked that sort of thing um, cool. and your listeners could participate in the board that's that's one of the use cases for it chamber thinks for all of us anyway it's fine <laughs> <laughs> he, he thinks for all of us i just host his thoughts that's, that's basically what happens right now uh but i do see um i want to before we move on the subscribe to our daily research brief can you talk about that so people can yeah. get at what is happening with masari yeah so we um the daily research brief, uh, you can subscribe for free and get a couple of newsletters. It's a, it's a weekly or a daily newsletter, Monday through uh, Friday. And the Monday and Friday editions are free. Uh, Tuesday through Thursday are paid. Um, and it's just uh, part of it is curating things that the team is reading in the crypto space. Um, thoughts on different assets and protocols and communities and conferences and 
regulatory developments, that sort of thing in the crypto space. Um, from a high level, uh, short and sweet for the free edition. And then we delve into um, like some original Ripple research or histories of Tether, um, details on like Binance chain development, that sort of thing in our paid product. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, we have pretty large and growing subscriber base. It's uh, not by any means one of our core products, but it's uh, just a great opportunity for us to produce original thoughts on what the Masari team is seeing and thinking about while we're building all these tools. Um, so yeah, check it out and um, hop in the Telegram chat. Tell us if you hate it or love it, um, if, you're a, if you're a reader. But yeah, it's a lot of fun to produce. So before we get to the, you know, the fun non-crypto shit <laughs> i just want to say um we did not like this is not a paid advert for sorry this is something that we thought was cool and we wanted to have somebody on to talk about it i think this is something that you guys should all check out it's when when zach says it's next level it's next level it's you know where you can go to find like where you would normally go right now take it to the next level chamber you didn't even know about it before i was gonna say to you, right you made it sound like it was both of our ideas no if, no, if it, it was, was my idea <laughs> people shouldn't listen to my ideas this is bunchu <laughs> saying you have to check this out when bunchu gets excited about something i pay a little bit more attention to it <laughs> uh so yes he was the one that brought this to my attention and i got very excited about it so this is a bunchu idea for a show just uh, check it out which is a better level. idea it's just it's just next level and that's it all right so that i mean that's it let's go to the fun shit chamber <laughs> what do we got for the fun shit i'll st i mean i'll start you want to start yeah and, and this is where we're gonna put zach on the spot okay all right so zach actually both of these we're gonna put you on the spot so here's what we're gonna do um Zach, when we had our New Year's resolution uh, show back in January, yeah. we all made predictions for where we thought the price of Bitcoin would be, the price of Ethereum, biggest losers, biggest winners, rookie of the year, and what the market cap would be by the end of the year. So we're mm. going to go through these now, and we're going to talk about <laughs> essentially what are what are predictions were and what you think they might be by the end of the year and for the record uh these are these could happen at any point during the year not necessarily did we say december 31st 2019 or these were highs for the year no they were they were technically supposed to be where where it was going to be year would end and okay okay yeah. all right perfect i still stand by mine i i, I think mine are well no i think i think you're right on track <laughs> <laughs> i think I think you're right on track. I, I'm a little concerned at this point. But um, all right. So here we go. Zach. Mm -hmm. So first, first, 2019 end of year Bitcoin price prediction. So that's tough. Um, because Well, I mean, it's obviously tough. But I a couple months ago, I was having the same conversation with two coworkers at Masari. And I honestly didn't think we were going to break above like 7,000 at least until Thanksgiving. Like I thought it was going to be Amen. like very slow, gradual, uh, like exit from this bear market trend or whatever. And here we are. Like I, I haven't checked before we started recording, but I think we're over 8,000 again. We're um, almost at 8,300. I just checked. Wait, 8,300? Almost. I think we're oh at 8,250. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, I mean, see, there you go. So I think like we're either going to. Okay. So one thing that just is hilarious to me is uh, what? Like three months ago, we were at 4,000. We've more than doubled that now. And if you like talk to people about Bitcoin, like during consensus blockchain week or whatever, people like knew about price that weren't in crypto, but no one cares about Bitcoin still. Like we're almost 50% back right. to our last all-time high and no one cares like nobody cares so i think there's wait, almost a you, slight flicker el- out there wait elaborate on that what do you mean nobody cares that because I, I find that fascinating like, are they all worried about their altcoins or are they all worried about different oh, projects oh, oh. like what does that mean like that's so, interesting to me yeah so uh, people who have bags or whatever obvi- in my opinion or my experience i should say care and maybe it's just my like social circles but i don't so at the peak i had people texting me where do i buy ripple and how much should i buy like that sort of yeah thing. same and, right. and we're talking normies right yeah exactly like friends from school like on the basketball team or weird kids okay. from high school that i haven't talked to in years uh i like that hasn't happened to any degree to me yet i think like we could very easily break like uh, so uh, this is this is my opinion. It has nothing to do with Masari, and it's not financial advice. But we could <laughs> easily of course, break. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh, of course, we need to. We could easily that. break like 15k by Thanksgiving, and I think people would barely start paying attention to Bitcoin again. Like, as in like daily news coverage from like uh, ordinary news outlets on just the price. Um, we still so get no, like I do have to ask crime related Bitcoin stories and all of this stuff every now and then. Um, but like pure mania, I think. Like, I think people are still, uh, like, disenfranchised or still sleeping on this space after the latest crash. Um, but, like, we're we're uh, chugging along here towards, like, new all-time highs, or at least we're covering to the previous all-time high. Uh, so I can't re- – I'm not answering your question. I don't really know, like, what the end-of-year price is, but no, that's I would not okay. be surprised no, we if don't. we are healthfully above 10K, like, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Like, not, not no surprise at all. All right. So ten k plus, yeah. yeah so ten k, ten k plus. So when we made this prediction on it, January first, what was yours? Uh, what was mine? Mine was thirteen five, which I mm, thought was 13. super bullish. Uh, but here we are at like almost eighty five hundred, and <laughs> no kidding. Which is interesting. Do, it has to do because, less than what it's already done to get there. Yeah. Which is interesting because mine <laughs> at the time. <laughs> 8,500. Wow. Well, <laughs> my, yeah, that was my end of year Bitcoin prediction. Hmm. Uh, and then Cynthia was 16,2, which ain't looking that bad at right. this point. Yeah, not bad. All right. So, Zach, this one's going to hurt for you. Um, what, what do you think Ethereum will do by the end of the year? Yeah, that's. Uh, so, do you all follow Eric Voorhees on Twitter? Yep. shapeshift yeah so he made a bet that ethereum i think he bet like a thousand dollars maybe pocket change for him but he bet that ethereum would outperform bitcoin on a percentage basis i believe uh throughout a year Ooh, from like a couple weeks ago when he made the bet uh, or that it was either that or that it would pass its all-time high on the eth btc pair or something i'm mm-hmm. not sure exactly but he's very bullish on ethereum this cycle um I I don't know. Like I think uh, I don't know because there are so many chains right now competing with Ethereum, and there is so much internal like decision making going on in Ethereum on how to 
evolve the project. Um, it'll be very interesting. Like I have no doubt Ethereum like will be fine for several years in the future, trying to do what it should be trying to do. Um, but so, what do you think about just like the whole? ICO thing, like how is that going to affect Ethereum future price? Do you really think that that's why it was what it was? Like, yeah, I think um, so. Ryan, our CEO, is uh, fond of saying that like Ethereum will be the platform for DeFi, like this idea of decentralized finance where all these apps sure. um, that circulate crypto tokens and value and whatever are all sort of pinned to Ethereum. And then there's obviously a huge market for like Cosmos and these other interoperability chains that connect this mess of separate blockchains in the crypto space. Um, but if, if you believe that like decentralized finance is something that can and should exist, like all these uh, like dApps that people are building, then Ethereum can and is powering that better than almost anyone else. And that's probably good enough for Ethereum, like for a bull case for Ethereum to continue to grow and develop. Like the ICO tokens were annoying and garbage, and most of them. Um, and like the whole craze was absurd. But I don't think it really hurt Ethereum's value prop at all, maybe long term. Um, and Ethereum, it, once they transfer from like this Ethereum 1X to Ethereum 2.0 or whatever, and I like. I don't know much of like the nitty gritty details of all the decisions being made to decide how that happens. But once that's executed, I think like it's very rational to have a very bullish opinion on Ethereum as a platform for developers to build all this stuff, especially because so Maximals listening to this are probably trying to assassinate me now, but no, you can't, I don't, I don't like think you so. can't build all of this stuff. <laughs> You've done yourself well. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But like you can't build all this stuff on Bitcoin yet. So if you want to build it, there's a good probability that you'll go to Ethereum, which expands like this DAP market and gives Ethers a little bit more value because there's more opportunity to use them maybe. At least that's the idea that these people have who are building this and valuing Ethereum. Um, so all end right. of your, so all that to say, end of your price for Ethereum. <laughs> uh, I don't... I was going to say, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to pin you to a price. I was going, I don't, I was going to. After that fantastic, you're gonna make them. You're gonna make them say a price. Hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> What's the price? Um, I would not be shocked. Oh, okay, so end of year. True. I was thinking all time high, but end of year, uh, maybe like uh, twenty five hundred, three k, something like that. What? Oh my goodness! Oh. All right. <laughs> I'll tell you what, so, I'm pretty excited about that number. Yeah, I no shit, been, I need to market by Ethereum. I've been stacking <laughs> Ethereum lately. All right, so Chamber, what was yours? Mine was 625, which was uber bullish. So uh, remember, this is our January. Or it was, yeah, yeah January predictions. 1st, right? Yeah. Wasn't it like $80 in January or something? Mm hmm. It sure yeah, was. It was. Pretty close. So Chamber said 625. Yeah, which was Cynthia very bullish. Cynthia said 350. What'd you say? I, so I'm I'm right I'm six months early, baby. I said <laughs> two seventy five. So that's where we are right now. Yeah, man. So I hit essentially eighty five hundred in May and two seventy five in May. That's good. That's that's I, bullish for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I'll add. I'll add. It means I don't I'm know late. that that prediction for Ethereum price is based on like my rough guess of an all time high for Ethereum this cycle. Like I don't know. I don't, I well, don't so the all-time high at this point was Bitcoin, around like, 1500 Can you hear me okay? 
Yeah, the all time high at this point was about fifteen hundred. Yeah, yeah. So I would not be shocked if we see a ten k Ethereum at the peak of this cycle, um, and maybe in future cycles we could see an Ethereum Bitcoin price flipping. Uh, Wait, and I've I've said that privately in a couple conversations with people, but I guess now officially it's on the record. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. So you're saying. There is a possibility in your mind. There's a possibility of an Ethereum Bitcoin flipping. Not this cycle, but yes, in, in a future in, cycle. In a yes. future cycle. Hmm. Um, on the record. Wow. On the on the record, and I think the reason I don't think Bitcoin's prepared for that because people value the spot price of Bitcoin so heavily. Sure. That if that happens, they're going to be like, "What the hell's going on?" But it will. It, I hope it elevates the differences in the use cases for the two protocols and how they try and do different things. And the spot price doesn't really matter. Um, well, I think but, that's. I think that goes back to what I was saying before: is the difference between money and protocol. Yeah. Right. Is that what you're saying? Uh, in in a sense, yeah. How they do different things. They're trying to attract different developers and build for different use cases. And if Ethereum, if Ethers trade at a higher spot price than Bitcoins do, it's not like Bitcoin has lost or Ethereum is like the king now or something. It's just. People, on average, value or like at the specific uh, nexus of supply and demand for bitcoins and ethers, value ethers more highly. It's not it's not like this the game's over or something. But I think people are right. so used to having bitcoin so much more expensive than ethers, they might not be ready for that. But yeah, I'd give it um, I give it like a twenty percent chance it happens this cycle. But next cycle, like probably fifty percent chance. Wow, interesting. that's very interesting. All right, our next category here was biggest loser for the year. And I think you, I think Chamber and Cynthia have pretty much hit it right on. I missed on this one. <laughs> so the before the year or on January 1st, Chamber says, what'd you say, Chamber? I went with Bitcoin Cash is going to have the worst year. For Which I feel like is happening. And Cynthia actually went even deeper, which I think she wins. Bitcoin Cash forks. <laughs> so she saw the future. She did uh, see the future on that one. Yeah, now Craig, Craig Wright is Satoshi. <laughs> um, and I chose Litecoin because I thought Bitcoin was going to, you know, really take off, I guess. Well, <laughs> take off to the tune to 8,500. But actually, Litecoin, not doing great either. Uh, back towards you know where in that where I got in in 2017 I guess at that you know forty dollar range mm. um, biggest winner chamber you might be winning here so hold on we're gonna make Zach predict a biggest loser for the rest of the year what do you think Zach that's tough um, it's basically a crapshoot <laughs> but you have total six, market you have six loss. months. You have six months worth of losing to go off of. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick uh, BitConnect as an easy biggest loser. <laughs> I think it's th- I think if it, I think it's it's still trading. Hold like on, a, there's a, only 49 days till it comes back. Apparently, is what <laughs> yeah, I've seen I saw Twitter. that today. I'm <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, 2.0. I don't know. I think um, like everything. So. Willie Wu does a lot of this data analysis, one of the sharpest um, data analysts in the crypto space. And he has some posts on how like all these altcoins, when Bitcoin is up, they 
always outperform Bitcoin. When Bitcoin crashes, they always crash harder than Bitcoin. Like we know this, like generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so if like we're in a bull run now, the early stages of a bull run, and I think like pretty much everything is going to trend up. Like w- we'll see like which projects have died over the past bull run as projects right. inevitably do. Um, and I'm, I don't, I'm not totally comfortable working with Masari and picking biggest losers for the next year. But yeah, uh, no, that, no, you don't need to. That, the I reason think, you would, the reason you're, you would describe one is that that's good. <laughs> you know, no, it's totally fair. And I think, I think um, I think everything that still has like a solid team behind it, plenty of runway, and people still like generally care about from a social aspect in the space, will probably be a little bit better off than it is now. Um, I don't know. All right, next category was biggest winner, which is interesting because I think Chamber is far and away the winner on this one. Yeah, I, I went with Tezos as yeah. biggest winner for the year. I feel pretty good about it still. You're pretty much correct us to this point, right? Yeah. Uh, Cynthia chose Stellar and Polymath, and I chose Monero, which is not winning. <laughs> so I think you're, I think you're right there. Uh, we chose Rookie of the Year as Beeksy because uh, we are all big believers in Beeksy as an exchange, and we all said it would be a I top. Think it- what yeah i we said top 50 i think it's gonna yeah, hit that, the ground running real fast once it's launched know, let's I, I let it's a lot of ground to make up i think it's going to get there it's a lot of ground to make up real soon but it's still our rookie of the year bet and then total market cap so zach this was this is when you can participate end of year market cap chamber you said uh, 500 billion. Cynthia also said 500 billion. Man, I was just six months too early. Yeah, you're I just said, predicting May. <laughs> yeah, I was just predicting May. I said 296 billion. So, what that says to you is I'm fucking late. <laughs> uh, I am late. All right, Zach, what do you think the total market cap will be at the end of the year? I Yeah, I'd probably pick somewhere between like the 500 and 750. Uh, billion mark um i'm not too sure we'll hit like the big one trillion yet uh but maybe give it like 25 30 percent chance we do but pretty comfortable with like the 500 to 750 range but uh, so i'm curious though on the rookie of the year question if you guys are still confident obviously you couldn't have known about it when you made the these uh predictions but if you're still confident on the bxy token given uh, Bitfinex's LEO token. Because if I had to pick a rookie of the year, just like purely mm. on Cryptomania, that that would definitely be on the top ten list that's in a, my book. That's that's um, a good pick. I I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, um, I'm still gonna go with BC. And yeah, man, I think they have a ton of momentum. They've done a ton of marketing. They're fantastic team. I man, and then you see what these exchange tokens do yeah like it wouldn't be a surprise if they end up there i mean you talk about like i don't even know how to say it hubie hubie Hubie. i don't think so 
like it's like a top 25 token right now at yeah. 125 million like that's crazy no yeah and I, I agree I, I i shouldn't have maybe shouldn't have singled out the uh bitrex token but or bifinex token but like um Beeksy and bitfinex and binance like exchange tokens mm-hmm. um like all of those three exchanges and a couple other exchanges that have tokens are trying to do very different things more or less some similar things but very different it's just it's like i'm very excited to see like how these tokens perform but also like what they're used for um how the platforms develop them that sort of thing uh yeah i mean like exchange tokens are definitely something to keep track of whether or not you're invest i'm not invested in any of those tokens but i'm very excited to see how the platforms develop partially because like these exchanges obviously have such a huge influence in the space and now they're launching their own token and sometimes their own blockchains and whatnot um so yeah what i think is interesting about that and and what you just said is when you look at like what the top 25 tokens are and some of these are you're just like what (laughs) you know what i mean and then things that bring value are you know binance they do it brings value and and things like that so like exchange tokens do bring value which is kind of a a weird thing to wrap your head around in the sense that you are putting all this uh not your money but like you're putting all these fundamentals into all these other projects but the thing that is providing value right now is exchanges and you know even with the binance hack and all that stuff binance is going off so um what do you think about that yeah i i um i agree i think uh like the classic bitcoin maximalist response to all these tokens is like why do you need a token like presumably like you don't need a token but more often than not like tokens are being used as sort of like uh rewards points especially for these exchanges and customers who use them like discounts on trading fees and um discounts or exclusive access to certain events um or i don't know any number of things um i think there's definitely a use case for them uh we're probably not there in like ironing out exactly the best way to use them but there are so many high-powered like i mean exchanges like highly financed high-powered teams working on building these sort of like native tokens for businesses um and on like a little if we jump like to a little bit of a higher level we see the same thing more or less being built with like facebook coin and all of these things that maybe were tried before with like kick credits or facebook credits and all this stuff but now it's a little bit of a different iteration um just native tokens with some sort of presumed like financial monetary value being distributed and used on a platform within a closed economy um and the, the Bitcoin maximalist in me says in the future, these will sort of connect to Bitcoin, which in my opinion is like a superior money in some way, like by being wrapped to Bitcoin or integrated on top of Bitcoin on some sort sort of like secondary or tertiary layer. But there's definitely a huge market that people are just starting to exploit for like native tokens being used for all these big platforms and customers is sort of like a rewards point basis that people can buy and sell and trade on secondary markets. Um, and it's exciting to see how those those develop. Uh, no real opinion on like the, pr- the, the, the stages that they're at right now on development. But it's I mean, 
no matter what what you believe about the space, it's definitely interesting and something you should follow. I feel like that is the perfect spot to wrap up. Like Mm. that that was a good spot. So instead, we're gonna put our last couple rapid fire questions out there. Chamber, you you gonna start (laughs) these off? Yeah, I'm gonna start these off. I heard these the other day. I was driving in the car. I have I have very strong fucking opinions on all, all of this. Right. So Zach, this is totally <laughs> uncooked. We're gonna let Zach go first on all of them. All right, I got, I got three questions for you. Um, yeah, I heard these the other day, and I think they're pretty uh, controversial, but they're designed to kind of shake your worldview. Okay, they're they're not <laughs> okay. crypto related, uh, but just to really really have a lot of introspective uh, thought and reasoning to these questions. So the first question is. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm. That is a tough, tough question. Uh, I can't, I won't lie. This is not the first time I've been given this question. That's um, the, this is the easy one. This is the, this is the general one. I got some deeper, some deep okay. thoughts coming after this. So one. in my mind, it's incomprehensible how someone would think a hot dog is not a sandwich. Um, all it takes is two pieces of bread and something else in the middle and you have a sandwich so technically a hot bun bun a hot dog bun is just one piece of bread in bun form. okay <laughs> well, so wait hold on so chamber you're saying a hot dog is not i don't disagree i'm just saying it's only but one piece do of bread. you bun disagree same, or not no i'm, I'm in the camp of hot dog is a sandwich meat bread con uh, you know condiment but you have a sub Maybe. sandwich that if you just go to a fast food sub restaurant it's one piece of bread and we still call it a sandwich so hot dog is just a sub with a wiener totally. in there. So now... Uh, uh, do you agree here, w- Bunch? Uh, yes, I agree. All right. And, he, and the funniest thing was we were just at the bar, I guess, or restaurant, whatever you would like to call it. Depends which one you had more of, food or drink. <laughs> definitely drink. <laughs> but uh, so the funny thing was I had always asked my fiance this question, and she goes, no, it's a sandwich. It's literally listed on her menu at the bar as a sandwich <laughs> it's under the sandwich menu and i mean how could you de- how could you fuck with that it is literally described under the sandwich section that's all right next all right so question. we're all in agreement on that one okay yes. this one might i think we might start but that one's gonna on. get a, that one's gonna get a lot of definitely not i think this one is the one i think this is the one i think all right zach is a okay. cinnamon bun a donut Ooh, that is tough. Uh, I'm going to say no. I, f- I feel like, well, mm. <laughs> that's tough. Uh, Bunch, what do you think? What, what are your thoughts? Okay, so... I know I, you're passionate about pastry and, and desserts. I'm so. passionate about donuts, and here's <laughs> the thing. So I compared a, I compared a cinnamon bun to the, the, the type of dough, right? Yeah. is similar to like a French Kreller mm-hmm. or a croissant-ish, okay. if you will, right? And so like a French Kreller, you can order from Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons sure. or whatever. But you have to specify it's a French Kreller. It's not a French Kreller donut. Right. Mm. So my answer is no. It is more of a pastry like a puff pastry it is not a donut my answer is no zach what do you think i'm i'm gonna have to go with no but so i cheated and googled what is a donut (laughs) just to check (laughs) and so i think the reason why it's not 
is because donuts, the definition of donuts at least, is a fried piece of dough with right. confections and sugars and all sorts of mm-hmm. stuff. And I've never had a fried Cinnabon before. That so is true. If, if they start delicious. frying them, then oh. there's a strong case for it being a donut. But I think date, at the end of the day, you don't even have to look at the definition of donut. It's a cinnamon roll. Roll is bread. It's a bread. Well, it's right. a pastry you have to bread. Qualify it's, a, it's a sweet bread. It. So, like, if you have to qualify it, that's kind of my point, right? French cruller, right. cinnamon roll. Yeah, like, it's a roll. Exactly. It's a bread. Mm. Right. You know, like you don't get donuts Boston, with your Boston with your... cream is prefixed with a donut. Boston right. cream donut. Mm. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yep. All Maple right. dip donut. <laughs> right. Give me, give me your last one here, because okay. this one, well, last is, one, this, this one. one's the, this one's the best one I had an argument with my fiance about. <laughs> All right. Zach, yeah. But is, Zach has to answer first. Yeah, Zach's answer first on this one. Is cereal soup? Damn that! I, I told you. Damn. I was coming. I was coming. I was coming damn. easy with the hot dog sandwich question. <laughs> you didn't know what I had. He just goes, "Damn." <laughs> this is. Uh, this is. I. I can't. I have to say yes because I can't think of a reason why it's not. Why it's not? Soup. I agree. It, it really it's changes like, like your worldview. Breakfast soup. I, I don't know. breakfast I soup. <laughs> I can't say no. So, yeah, it's it's soup. So, I went also, yes. And um, gazpacho. Right. Mm. Right. Cold yeah. soup. 100%. Right? So, that's a cold soup. And my fiance tried to tell me that every soup has a vegetable. Bullshit. And I said, I said, what about tomato soup? And she goes, tomatoes. <laughs> oh, tomatoes <laughs> a said, fruit. That's a fruit. <laughs> Touche. That's, that's a fruit, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> no, but and you could have. I mean, you get Lipton soup packets. There's no vegetable in there. Mm-hmm. Well, if you like broke down, maybe I guess there. there's some. Because she of would onion. say there's probably because she tried to do this. She goes, "There's probably onion powder in there." No, that makes sense. That's yeah. Fair. And so, but so you can this have was like, the thing. It's so what defines a soup? a soup is essentially what def- Zach. What defines a soup? Uh, well, to the vegetable thing, I was going to say, you can probably imagine some sort of like chicken noodle soup with just chicken broth and noodles and no vegetables. Maybe right. the broth That's exactly has something what I in said. it. But yeah, I, th- I think you can get I that. feel like a soup is just like some sort of liquid, liquid and, with and a, stuff with added With a solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. No, because somebody said, oh, the, well, there's milk in it. Well, there's you know heavy cream and clam chowder like what's the yeah, difference there same thing with like tomato soup you can yeah. make a tomato bisque with cream we, absolutely so all right there's one more Look. that i'm going to throw the wild card all at right. you and because i've i've done uh, many of these with uh, my group of asshole friends in a text message and so someone always challenges back with the hot dog sandwich one mm-hmm. and their question is is a hot dog a taco? Mm. Hmm. See, I, I would argue that a hot dog would need to be in a corn or flour tortilla to be considered a, a taco. You could put yeah, a hot but, dog but, in a taco. But a flour, uh, but bread is just a floured tortilla, essentially. Like, especially if you get a New England, if you get a New England, hot, like a Fenway Frank, it is just in a basically a V cut. I think the of I think bread. the question really should be: Is a taco a sandwich? We've established that a hot mm. dog is a sandwich. Is a taco also a sandwich? Possibly, but it, that means is a hot dog a taco? 
I think I think you can decide if, if a hot dog is a taco, then pop tarts are ravioli. So you can't. Yes, have that's one. another yes, question. That's a good one. <laughs> you can't have one. All and right. Not the so other, are so. are pop tarts raviolis? <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. And I don't think hot dogs are tacos. But they're both. You have to have both. You can't have one or the I other. So this. you decide. Yes, you're correct. And here's why uh, Here's why Pop-Tarts are not raviolis. Pop-Tart, I mean, it's a very clearly it's got to be pasta, right? <laughs> it's got to be pasta around whatever the fuck. Regardless, it, you could give me strawberry-covered, uh, pasta-covered strawberry. <laughs> it would be a ravioli. ravioli, but not cheese. That's true. All right. All right. <laughs> all right i like that one <laughs> that's where we're gonna i've also had this conversation zach uh i love how we took it to the second and third level all right chamber <laughs> anything else you want to ask zach here no i was i'm very happy uh to, to to finally chat with you i've been i've been you know in on the peripherals with you but it's it's glad to fi- i'm glad to finally sit down and chat yeah thanks for having me on i, I had a blast chatting with you guys about uh everything we talked about so thanks thanks for the invite a lot of fun all right zach one last shot your floor plug masari plug anything where can we find you where can we find masari anywhere yeah for sure so uh just search masari on m-e-s-s-a-r-i on twitter or telegram um, or reddit or pretty much anywhere and hop in and chat with us Um, i'm in there you can find me on twitter just by my name zach vol um but yeah if you want to chat with me and masari about what we're building uh feel free to hop on any social platform you probably use already and uh we'd love to love to talk with you so yeah you'll find us pretty much anywhere cool chamber any parting words no um to my fellow canadians happy victoria day long weekend you guys aren't off tomorrow i'm assuming you americans No, it's next weekend, actually. <laughs> yeah, I long, I, I, so I'm in the midst of my long weekend. So, Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah. It's next weekend for we us. We had a beautiful... It was a day. summer day here in southern Ontario. It was... Mm. Uh, Same here. It was yeah, like it was awesome. 28 degrees. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but... 28 was, degrees. Well, you know what's funny, Chamber? <laughs> I just started wearing my Apple Watch again for yes. the first time in probably a year, and mostly because I'm moving and I found it. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it was just somewhere hidden in my house and apparently it just tells it's uh 29 degrees celsius here yeah that's a hot day that's a hot day it, my watch tells me degrees in celsius so i still am working that look at out you. but anyway You're almost canadian almost i look hey someday one day i'll vote for <laughs> anyway for zach vol and crypto chamber i am bunchu thank you for joining us and until next time don't get wrecked and that is financial advice